Hey friends, let's go back to the 90s with our new book, Mixtape Theology, 90s Christian Edition. It's part devotional, part retrospective, and all awesome. Rediscover the wonder of songs like The Great Adventure and Jesus Freak as you uncover their spiritual significance. But you know, we couldn't just give you a book without some 90s Christian cheese. We've included some original comics and hilarious retrospectives. Michael Tate of Newsboys and DC Talk calls mixtape theology the ultimate nostalgic throwback, and Michael W. Smith calls it a great read. Mixtape theology will have you falling in love with these songs and the gospel all over again. It's nostalgia served with a side of renewed faith, and it's available now at Amazon and Walmart.com. Now, back to the podcast. Should we be surprised when the world considers Christians fools? Welcome to Mixtape Theology. I'm Dr. Ashley, and I am glad that you have joined us for another Mixtape Theology podcast. Here at Mixtape Theology, myself and my partner, Rachel Cash, love to dig into 90s contemporary Christian music, talk about our favorite songs, and dig into the theology of our favorite songs, as well as get nostalgic, think about what we were doing, what we were saying, what we were thinking, maybe what we were wearing, who knows, but just have a good time. I'm glad that you've joined us for this podcast. And today I want to discuss one of my favorite contemporary Christian music songs of all time, God's Own Fool by Michael Card. Now you may be thinking, well, that is not a 90s contemporary Christian music song. And you would be correct. That song was released in the 80s. But we're going to talk about it anyway, because it's such a good song. And then we're going to get into some scripture from 1 Corinthians. Now, this song actually entered my life in the 90s when I began to listen to CCM. And if you remember back in the day, you would go into a family Christian bookstore or a Lifeway Christian store, and they would have all of the latest CDs. And as someone who had gotten his first CD player in 93, 94 time, um, I would go to the bookstore and I I knew some of the big names, you know, Michael W. Smith and Stephen Curtis Chapman, but I was still growing and learning. And so I would say, oh, I need to check this artist out or I need to check this artist out and whatever CD they were promoting. So around this time, I remember going to the bookstore and a greatest hits album of Michael Card was released. And if you remember it, it was a blue cover and he's sitting there holding his guitar, of course, with the classic little cap. Michael Card, and I had heard that he was the one that wrote El Shaddai, and he was the writer of Amy Grant's mega hit. So I thought, I need to check this out, and I got that CD, and I fell in love with Michael Card's music, with his writing, with the deep theology in his music. As I think about that Greatest Hits album, um, maybe my favorite song on that album was Joy in the Journey. I can think of Scandalon. Of course, his rendition of El Shaddai, Jubilee, great songs, rich, rich theology, and absolutely deep theology in God's own fool. If you recall the song, it almost starts out with kind of a sound of a a barroom upright piano, like the beginning of Cheers or something of that nature. And the lyrics go as follows. 
Seems I've imagined him all of my life as the wisest of all mankind, but if God's holy wisdom is foolish to men, he must have seemed out of his mind. Well, that's straight from Scripture. God's wisdom is foolish to men. We're going to talk about that. So I'm sure people thought Jesus was crazy. We, we think about him as the smartest, the greatest, and he is. But not everyone saw him that way, and the Bible tells us. Of course, people didn't see him that way. We'll dig into that more in just a moment. The psalm goes on to say, for even his family said he was mad. And the priest said a demon's to blame. But God, in the form of this angry young man, could not have seemed perfectly sane. Then the chorus goes as follows. When we in our foolish thought we were wise, he played the fool and he opened our eyes. We think about Jesus going to the cross, dying what some would thought was the defeat of God was actually victory. When we in our weakness believed we were strong, us in our pride, us thinking we've got it figured out, we can be religion, religious, he became helpless to show we were wrong. And then the hook, and so we follow God's own fool, for only the foolish can tell, believe the unbelievable, and come be a fool as well. On Wednesday nights at my home church, we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, and recently we were in chapters 2 and 3 and just had a great time discussing the truths in those chapters. So much of it is relevant and right where we are in our culture. You think about Paul writing this some 2,000 years ago and how relevant it is to us right now in a culture that thinks it's got everything figured out that would think that we as Christians are crazy morons. We shouldn't be surprised when we proclaim the truth and everyone thinks we're crazy and there is a decline in truth and a lack of people turning to the truth. For them, the truth of Jesus Christ died rising again. Him being the son of God is foolishness. And God's word says well, of course, the world's going to think that is foolishness, and that's why we have to pray for God to open our eyes, others' eyes, to the truth of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says the same thing. When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God, but I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Here, Paul is saying, I came proclaiming Christ crucified, that simple message. It wasn't about my persuasive words. It wasn't about how smart or how great I was or what I can convince you of because of, of this superior knowledge that I had. No, the power of God in the message of the gospel. It will be foolishness to the world, but yet we proclaim it and God changes hearts and lives when they hear and have faith in that message. Paul goes on to talk about in verses six and seven, how that we speak of God's wisdom and it's a mystery. In another book, Paul talked about the mystery hidden for ages, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So when we have faith in the son of God, this mystery that was hidden for ages, the old Testament didn't understand 
who the Messiah truly would be, what he would be about, and that God himself would come in the form of his son and his spirit would live in us. And now by faith, we see this mystery. And when you have faith in Jesus, Christ lives in you, your eyes, what, what are open to the mystery, what once was foolishness to you. Now you see it because Jesus is living in you and has, has opened your eyes to the truth. So the world thinks you're crazy. The world thinks Jesus is crazy, but you're not really too worried about it because you know who's living in you and who has opened your eyes to the truth. It goes on in verse 10 of chapter 2. Paul says, for to us, God revealed them through the spirit for the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God for who among men knows the thoughts of man, except the spirit of man, which is in him. Even so the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Listen, that's not. It's not what the world thinks. It's not what the world says is truth. It's not the world's knowledge. We haven't received that, but the Spirit, capital S, who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Here in verse 14, Paul continues and talks about what, People are thinking or not thinking or not accepting who have not trusted in Jesus, a natural man. He says in verse 14, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, or some of your translations may say folly. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, and yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Obviously, unbelievers are able to recognize Christians' faults and shortcomings, but they are not able to evaluate their true nature as spiritual people who have been transformed into children of God. They can't see who we have truly become, who God has made us. They're still going to think that we are out of our minds, and the one that we follow is out of his mind. The next verse of Michael Card's song says this, So come lose your life for a carpenter's son, for a madman who died for a dream. And you'll have the faith his first followers had, and you'll feel the weight of the beam. So surrender the hunger to say you must know, have the courage to say, I believe, for the power of paradox opens your eyes and blinds those who say they can see. I love this idea of paradox. We see it in the Bible, how God uses the weak to shame the strong. Often it's the younger son who is elevated, the one that you won't expect. God makes the last first. He comes as a Messiah, one who thought would be king and be a political ruler, and he dies on the cross. He became weak. He gave up his life. What a foolish thing to do. And in that moment, almighty, perfect God in human flesh achieved the ultimate victory through what would appear the the weakest thing he could do, die. But he died for you and I, and he rose again. When we in our foolishness thought we were wise, he played the fool and he opened our eyes. When we in our weakness believed we were strong, he became helpless to show 
we were wrong. What he did on the cross was a miracle. And now his spirit opens our eyes to this truth of his grace, what he did for us that we could not do. And so we follow God's own fool. For only the foolish can tell, believe the unbelievable, and come be a fool as well. We shouldn't be surprised when the world thinks what we believe is foolishness, when the world thinks who we follow is foolish. It's the culture we live in. Yes, we know the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And as God opens other people's eyes and hearts to the truth of that, when that happens, then they too will see. Wow, Jesus makes all the difference. Yes, it is folly until God opens your eyes to the truth of his son. Then by his spirit, you can believe the unbelievable and rest in the assurance of faith and have eternal peace by the blood of of Jesus. Let them say we're fools. Let them say we're Jesus freaks. We shouldn't be surprised. It's the fallen world we live in. Thankfully, through Jesus, our eyes have been opened to the truth by the grace of God. May he continue to open others' eyes to the truth as we proclaim him. Come be a fool for Jesus. Thanks for joining us today on this Mixtape Theology Podcast. As always, it's a blessing to be with you, and we'll talk to you again soon. The Mixtape Theology Podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. Find more Christian music-related podcasts at newreleasetoday.com.